Okay. Yeah, it might just be that it wasn't close. That might be it. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about earlier about our conversation. That's better. What did you do? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> it might just be the. Um... That's worse. Really? Is that better? No, it's that's better. And now it's not. Meow 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 meow. Okay, what were you gonna say? So do I just have to be way more conscious of where I'm at with mic placement with this? Conscience? Aware? Conscious. That's what I said. You said conscience. Which is like the little voice inside your head that says, Don't do that, that's bad. Or that's a good thing. Yeah. Versus conscious, which is awareness. Yeah, well, my awareness voice is my conscience. It's no, not does, the same thing. Doesn't work for you? Okay, whatever. It's not the same thing. It's whatever. Like, uh, Are you taking recording? a picture as opposed to pouring from a pitcher. Like, it's a picture. It's not a pitcher. Whatever. Anyway. I know the difference between those. Anywho, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I believe so. Okay. Welcome to 10 Tens Podcast, where we talk tense and make little sense. I'm India Monroe, and this is my uh, very musically talented co-host, John Burkhart. Hi, John. Hey. You, uh, Your guy kind of lost it there on that front straight. Yeah, he didn't shift up. He didn't have enough. Um, he thought that he was going to get there sooner, and he didn't. So he started mm-hmm. running the, the rev limiter. Yeah. Yep. And then he was like, oh, no, I'm hitting the rev limiter and spaced out. And then for for a split second, forgot his braking zone. Mm. Amazing how that translates. Yeah. Vocally. Yeah. I mean, could that's what you imagined, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm forever impressed by your talent. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're if welcome. you were at NOLA, you would have blown through turn one probably a little bit and ended up somewhere near turn five. I'll take it. Better yeah. than turn eight. It's a pretty safe spot. Yeah. If you're going to blow a corner, that's a corner to blow because there's a, corner a to ton blow. Yeah. of runoff space. <laughs> good. Plenty of room. You're good. So, are you ready to do this? I guess so, since we already hit record and did our three claps to synchronize our audio. Yep. We are chugging along. We are cranking Chug episodes mind. out. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. We're doing it. We're actual podcasters now. Yeah, I think so. Cause yeah, we're we're we we're sticking to a schedule. That seems we to be are, working yeah. Out. It's it's almost like a full time job. Sort of. I mean I spent like an hour today reading <laughs> spooky camping stories <laughs> in preparation scary. for this. I mean, I, I I put, I don't know, two hours in editing each episode, I would say. That's pretty good. So we're well, not you're doing all the hours. editing, though, so I don't I don't get to claim yeah, that you, time. You bum. What are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm not the brains of this operation. Sorry about it. Boo. Okay, so <clears throat> did that translate through the microphone a lot? The boo? The, the, the me thudding the bottle on the table. Oh, no, I didn't know you did that. Sorry. Oh, that's good. So it's a drink rating time. Yeah. So we decided to take things in a a different but similar direction today. Um, As many of you know, 
the West Coast is basically on fire, and many parts of wine country in California, Oregon, and Washington have been completely devastated. So we wanted to support American West Coast wines today. So right now we are featuring uh, an American rosé. Yeah, and it is Charles and Charles rosé. Now, you have the 2019, I have the 2018. Yeah, I have the 2019, um, which rates similarly to the 2018. So hopefully we're going to get, I don't know, similar taste profiles off of this. But it is out of Columbia Valley, Washington. Pretty light, I think, uh, in color. Yeah. I I was kind of expecting you to do a Charles in Charge song. Charles in Charge, Charles in Charge. I only know about that because of the Fake Doctor's Real Friends podcast. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That was not on my radar growing up. So. Got it. Um, okay. But yeah. So Back to it. So this is a wine from Washington yours, State. Right? Huh? You've already, yeah, started, already started drinking started. yours. So I need to try it out. And look, I have a different class this time. Cool. Is well, this, is this classier? Why don't you crack that open and. Um, do I splash it in or do I hit the wall like I'm pouring a beer? You don't need to like be rough with it, but you don't need to be strategic with your pouring like you would for a champagne. There we go. I'll I'll show you proper t- pouring technique okay. over here. This is really top heavy. Yeah, so that's not a great rosé glass, but <laughs> for the purposes of what we're doing, we're fine. Um, so totalwine.com kind of wrote their little review of this. And there's a part of this that I think you'll really appreciate, John. So while you're you're Uh, Giving it a good smell and a taste, listen up. It offers bouquets of delicate strawberry, watermelon, and floral notes. On the palate, taste bright red berry fruit, minerality, lively acidity, and a crisp finish. This is the part I think you'll really like. Drink it with barbecue, burgers, grilled fish, pork, fried chicken, boiled crawfish, salads, and po'boys. Huh. I know. This is a po' boy drink, huh? This is apparently a po' boy drink, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but Mm. it retails for like $11. Um, You should be able to find it most places. Um, Yeah, hold up. I got to let my cat in the room. Okay. Come on, bud. Come here. Don't do this. Don't Don't be teasing me. Come here. Yeah, you little turkey. Come here. Come on. Come on. This is such a good glimpse into your home life. Yep. Oh, he's being a little turd. He's a cat. Yeah, no, usually he's really good. Okay, we did it. He's going to be really mad because uh, I shook the treat box and I didn't give him any. That was mean. Yeah, well, that's what he gets for not making up his mind. He's upset. Let me give him a treat. I don't think I've ever had a wine that <clears throat> had... um. A watermelon sort of aspect to its smell. That's kind of cool. So this is the smelliest wine we've had so far? Yeah, I'd agree with that probably. Its aftertaste is, uh, that like crispness is pretty strong, I would say. I like it. Yeah, it's much, it's fruitier than I usually drink, but it's, I think it's pleasant. So, so far you've just been giving me fruity drinks. Uh, most of the stuff that I give you to drink isn't going to be like overly fruity. Like this is the fruitiest thing that I would have directed you to drink. So. It's, um, hmm. 
I'm liking it so far. Yeah. I think it's it's very drinkable. It's very light. I'm pouring you more know, of full, it. Good. <laughs> but like full disclosure, I usually gravitate towards light things just because I, I live in a hot climate. So yeah, that makes sense. I don't like crave that like oaky, buttery sort of like heavy wine. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like this one. The initial hit, I don't know if I completely like it, but it's not super strong. So that's kind of okay. Cool. What would you rate it? I think I would give this... I'd give this a, I'm going to say at least a six. Okay. I think, I think this is a, this is at least a six. Okay, cool. What about you? Uh, I think it's like a six and a half. Yeah. Okay. 6.5. 6.5, maybe seven. Yeah. Maybe seven. God bless America. I'm I'm trying to update the document. 6.5. 6.5. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You know what? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna say seven. I'm gonna give it a seven because so okay. far this is the only one where like I'm gonna pour another glass. See, and that's a really important factor because like you know usually if you're like if you watch like cooking shows where they're judging dishes, yeah, um, a oh, really yeah. big deciding factor is frequently like what do you want to have again? And so right. for me, if I was in a, a wine shop looking for a rosé to have, and I was Looking at this one or a similar wine that kind of profiled similarly, I would probably go for the other wine yeah. just to try it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Drinking it some more, it tastes like something watered down. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it does make sense. And that's kind of what you're describing is is what some people would describe as like a lightness or a drinkability. Like it's not like a smack you in the face kind of alcohol it's, it's sort like of a, it sort of tastes flat like well, that's what you said about the other wine you're like i feel like this should be carbonated and yeah like, that's what i was just about you, to say if you want to do sparkling <laughs> wines we can do sparkling wines is, is that a is that a road you don't want to go down it's a it's a good road i mean it's a fine road okay. i i don't drink a lot of sparkling wine uh-huh. just because i don't but i like it okay some argue the hangover from sparkling wine is a lot meaner than... Because it's, it's so tasty, you just keep drinking it. That is accurate. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we could try that next. We can do okay. sparkling wine. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think the, the really important thing that we really need to cover, and we really... I think we should have said this before we started drinking. Okay. This is the 10th episode of 10 Tents podcast whoa how exciting is that has it been 10 already uh, it has already excluding the wiki excluding special episodes this is this is the 10th official episode cool that's Good pretty for cool us. how Ten exciting episodes. is that yeah what is Amazing. it how, how does how do you feel i kind of feel like we've done more but <laughs> <laughs> um but i'll take it i think i think we're doing great it's really cool to see, you know, like considering like what this started off as. A joke. Yeah. <laughs> An <laughs> yeah. April Fool's joke. Yeah. Um, and then you were like, hey, I actually liked that. Can we keep doing it? <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad that like we were chatting with Blair a little bit earlier just because like. It was really fun to like just be sitting in an office or a basement, you know, wherever we all were. Right. And and just record for a while. Because yeah. it's just 
you know, it's a cool way to hang out and catch up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, I like having a hobby. I can't knit all the time. (laughs) True. And I'm not playing fantasy football this year. We can't play Animal Crossing all day. That is true. You can't do that. Houston's out of town, though, so today I can. Oh, so you can? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been. I've been watching um, Unsolved on Hulu Uh because I kind of, like, went down a rabbit hole about spooky camping stories. (laughs) And so, you know, here we are. Way to go. Now, should we talk about metrics at all? Nope. No? Keep it nope. a mystery? Mm-hmm. I like, I like to think that one day, maybe our 20th episode will be like, oh, wow, we have a million listeners <sighs> to each other. But on our podcast, we'll still be saying like all dozen of you who listen yeah. to us. Is that the strategy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I can dig it. I can dig it. I, all, all I will say is that. You're all kings and queens out there. You're killing it. Keep spreading the word of ten tents. <laughs> I think it's uh, and the reviews are are nice. Thank you. That yes, go to iTunes. Leave five stars, please, <laughs> and leave comments for us. That helps us out a ton. I don't know. I just I just like seeing that you guys are happy. Yeah, making people happy. <laughs> so, what are we doing, John, to celebrate this tenth? episode of 10 i'm so excited so (laughs) at least you're excited i am very excited about this to celebrate our 10th episode even though we're not doing it on the 10th episode but for us to have more than 10 episodes about camping we both need to be campers and so i'm gonna take my buddy my pal india camping that's right everybody we're going camping. <laughs> I thought that was my gimmick, though, that like, hey, I've got a camping podcast, well, but I don't camp. Here's here's the uh, the asterisk. Are we going backpacking? No, God, no. No, no yeah, we're not. No. <laughs> uh, are we are we doing uh, canoe camping? No. Are we doing paddleboard camping? No, but I would totally do that. Overland camping. I might do that too. Do I get to drive? Oh heck yeah! Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would do okay. That. But we're not doing that. Can't, all we're doing, camping? all we're well, no, for this the celebration, all we're <laughs> yeah. doing is we're doing the the drive in at the state park camping. You drive up to the lot, you dump everything out of the trunk, and you have a good time. Do we get a fire? Yeah. <laughs> so we need to actually cover these things because you don't know. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And you said we have electricity, so, like, can we watch football? We, as, if we have a signal, sure. Yeah, so, like, this is a camping spot with electric hookup. There's water. This feels like cheating. No, this is, this is. Which I'm not uh, against. I'm just, I'm just saying. I would say that 80% of people who say they go camping, this is the camping that they're doing. Hmm. There will be a fire pit. So we don't have to, like, start from scratch? Like, there's a pit? Right, yes. So there's there's something to put a fire in, but like we still have to create the fire. So marshmallows and hot dogs? That's right, buddy. And other abominous creations. That's all I want. That's all I want in life. S'mores mm-hmm. and hot dogs. You think it's gonna be really awesome? So this it's a it's at a state park where going camping like forty five minutes north of Austin, Texas. 
I was really, really tempted to recommend that we go camping at Coda because you can just go and rent a camping spot there anytime. But it's all it RV spots. It feels like extra cheating. Yeah, I know, but I feel like that would, that's more in line with the show. Maybe for our second camping yeah, trip. Yeah, we'll okay. That. Mm-hmm. So that rosé is not bad. Yeah, you like it? I mean, I drank two glasses of it. Already? Well, half glasses, so I drink a glass. Okay. Why? How many have you had? Uh, Probably a glass, and I started before you. Okay. You're pouring more now, though. I know, but I'll drink the second one slowly. You crazy person. Look at you. Look how much you're drinking. Oh, my goodness. Seasoned professional. Terrible. You're awful. I also worry about like your hangover potential since you don't drink wine. Well, I, you know what? We'll find out. Okay. 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 Okay, kids. Okay. So anyway, I'm like I'm I'm excited. I think this will be a fun adventure. Our buddies Jake and Sarah are coming to camp with us as well, except for they're coming on Saturday, and I think Jake and Houston are going to camp Saturday night with you, John, and Sarah and I are going to spend Saturday night at the apartment with the baby. Yep. So Friday night, it's you, Houston, and me. And yes. then Yeah. And then Saturday, Houston, Jake, and me that are staying overnight. Yep. Are y'all coming back out Sunday, you think? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, but Sarah got like a little baby tent. For yeah, baby, it looks really cute. Which I'm really excited about. It's it's going to be really interesting because it's like I'm the only one that knows what's going on. <laughs> so everybody's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the only one that has like the secret knowledge of like, do this, don't do that. Like, don't leave food out overnight because bears. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in my segment later. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, then. Because it's. It's a story about something you and I would totally do. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it. It's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a good time. I think this is a really good way to kind of get your feet wet on this cuz Sure. It's it's low stress. If something goes wrong, we can just leave and we just we just throw everything in a car and go. Cool. So I I think we're Yeah, gonna we have to like get some gear and stuff for this. So I have a mountain of equipment, everything you would need to go camping, in storage in Kansas. But I'm not in Kansas, so. <laughs> That's just such a flaw. I only have some of it with me. So we're getting some used stuff. Because Houston and I looked at the cost of me driving up to Kansas to get it and getting a hotel and stuff like that and coming back down with it. And with what we need to get and what we can scrounge together, it's cheaper to just buy some extra stuff. Interesting. Yep. So we're going to do that. That's that's the plan. I still got my big tent. I'm excited about that. So are you not using the fancy camping rental company that's nearby? Oh, no. <laughs> so in the pursuit of looking for things, uh, of looking for rentals, I came across a... There's several places out of Austin that rent stuff out. But one of the ones that we came across was Habitat. And they are like a fancy camping uh, they are a glamping rental company that's how right up my alley yeah and when i I first saw this i was like oh 
this is cool. I'm down with it. I would love it. And then I looked at the pricing and I was like, oh, maybe not. But it's it's really cool to see like what they have to offer. They have like it's some fancy tents on that website. Yeah, so their cheapest package is starts at $145 a night. And it's a big old tent with a queen bed in it. And we're not doing this? I mean, if you want to drop the money on it, then go for it. I kind I'm not of gonna, do. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> How mad do you think Houston would be? Probably, he'd probably be like, "What are we doing? What? What's? We're spending more than a hotel room." Actually, yeah, that would be more than more than it would cost for us to stay at a, several Ritzes. Yeah, one hundred forty-five dollars yeah. a night. Heck yeah! It comes with yeah. a humongous tent. It's more or less like kind of like an easy up with 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 walls, and it's multi-chambered. there's at least two feet of space on each side of this queen bed this is a massive tent this this you're really selling me (laughs) on this uh it's really tall which i kind of wish you hadn't told me about it because now like that's what i want uh and it also comes with two chairs you know, so it has chairs too. Uh huh. Yeah. And have a reading nook in my tent. True story. But here's the here's the here's the kicker. They're completely booked solid through the month. Oh, rude! Yep. You should have led with that. <laughs> well, that's just the first package, sister. Let's get into the next one. Um, this one, this one is. Oh, I'm sorry. This one was actually the cheaper one. Twenty dollars less, hundred twenty dollars. I think it's pretty much the same tent, but it's two cots. And the way that they do these up is, it looks like it is. It almost because they don't. I don't see any photos of the cots set up without the sheets and stuff. But like, it looks like you know the 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 fold away beds that you can ask for in a hotel. Yep. It looks like those. But for only twenty dollars more, you can get a queen size bed. Well, it depends on if. If you want to be in the same bed as somebody. I mean, Houston and I sleep in the same bed. So like, yeah, Houston's there. Whoa, wait, time out. I was reading this wrong. The two cot tent. Let me check the other one. Just, well, dang it, I exited. Hold on. Hold the phone. (laughs) Hold the phone. I have a detail for you. I'm looking at my clock and, and it is amateur hour right now. Oof. So the queen bed tent rental is $145 for the first day. $25 $25 additional day. So for two days, you're looking at $170. Yeah. I'm, wow. That is now cheaper than a stay at the Ritz-Carlton. So yeah, it is. For two days. That's actually like, I, I misread that before. So that's actually not really bad. But so then they have these like glamping packages, okay? And it is a massive tent with like, it comes with a rug. It comes with rugs. Oh, it's got rugs. It's got rugs. It has at least one nightstand. A nightstand? You, why are you telling me this? This is just what I want to go do this now. It's the kind of tent that has a center pole in it. I wouldn't call it a teepee because it's much wider. It's freaking huge. It's 16 feet diameter. Now we're going to have to like go stay in like a normal person tent like cave people. Well, this one... <laughs> For a single queen suite. It's a sweet John. <laughs> is $700. Oh, damn. That's okay. Yeah. I, I could go to Canada and stay at the You Clare can go Quad. to Canada. Yeah, I can't go to Canada. Maybe, double... maybe if we make it to 100 episodes, we go to I Canada? will tell my Canada story. Oh, okay. Okay. 
What if, and everyone will be so disappointed. But like, if I'll, hit, I'll explain uh, why I'm not allowed in Canada anymore. If we hit 100 episodes, we attempt to get you in Canada. No. <laughs> I think it'd be fine. I think, I think it'd be fine. I'm glad you think it would be fun. <laughs> I'm not excited to relive that trauma. Not the Vancouver airport, please. We can go somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe Montreal. Quebec doesn't care about anything. So yeah. Okay. That's the way to get it. be like, oh, the rest of Canada is not down for you. Come on in. <laughs> for $200 more, they'll throw another queen bed in there because there's room for it. <laughs> because because we've got the room. Why Might not? as well. These so are... What- what struck me about this website, because when you put it up on the outline, I went to it just because I wanted to see. Right. Because I thought maybe this is where we were getting our equipment. But um, I found <laughs> Sorry myself. Sorry to disappoint, bud. Yeah. I I think once I started looking at it, I was like, no, this probably isn't what we're doing. But yeah. Uh, I went to one, like the second page I clicked on had this little box at the bottom of it, and it was titled Custom Quotes. Oh, Yeah. And the very first line on the custom quotes section was, are you in a group that needs 10 tents or more? Yeah. And I like <laughs> legit squealed in the apartment. I was like, 10 tents, you say? Just excited. It was fate. <laughs> like, it was there fate. we are. Like, we should reach out. Right? I kind of, I'm actually really tempted to like, when I'm in Austin, to reach out to them and be like, hey, look, we're this stupid little podcast that we talk about camping and we found your website and you're the same town as us. Can we just like talk to you guys and ask you Can questions? Can I just run through your warehouse? Yeah. Like for fun? For funsies. It'll be cool, for bro. For funsies. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Can I do that with like a bottle of wine in hand as right, I like yeah. sprint on the aisles? So usually when we, when we view tents, we do a wine tasting. And they're like, that sounds classy. Super on brand for us. And then Here's I show the sponsorship. Up. And I'm like, I like drinking. No, I don't want anything from them necessarily. I just I just want to wander around their warehouse and yeah. see no, cool I stuff. Agree. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that like I'm trying to be like insta flex on them or anything. And be like, no, I don't think we'll ever be those people. Yeah. No, I just like, hey, <laughs> is it okay if I want to do an interview? I don't want yeah. anything from you. <laughs> I just, just want to check ask it you out. Questions. Yeah. The next time you set up some just absurd camping setup, can I go with you? <laughs> can, can can I help set up? <laughs> I'll help put pillowcases on the bed. I just want to see it. It's gonna be sick. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that we really haven't discussed is what we're gonna eat while we go um, camping. Yes, I think we have decided this, Sean. It is hot dogs and s'mores. Okay, that's one meal. Hot dogs and s'mores. We're we're definitely doing that. Breakfast tacos. You want to do breakfast tacos? Uh, what else do people eat for breakfast? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, you I don't have... think there's a Krispy Kreme at the state park. Probably not. But that would be rad. That would be. That would be rad. But there's many meals that we have to prepare for. There's Are we meal... gonna get like a Jiffy Pop and have popcorn? Oh, you're talking about like the aluminum pan thing that you can get. Well, yeah, because like we don't have a microwave on site, nor should we, because it's camping. We have electricity. We can totally have a microwave. That's. It seems like it lacks integrity. Do you hear the squealing? No. Okay. Good. Because uh, should neighbor, I like? Are you I, trying no, to hide? No, my neighbors downstairs. They hang out uh, outside, and they have this like three-year-old who's I don't know going through some stuff, and this little kid squeals and apparently he bit my sister a few weeks ago i don't know she get a rabies shot i don't i don't think she did maybe she should she hasn't started foaming at the mouth any more than she normally does 
<laughs> hey, John's sister. <laughs> JK, I love you. So, but there's other, there's, so this got me thinking because, like, it's been a while since I've done any semblance of traditional camping. And it's like, what do I actually, what are we actually going to eat? And so I started thinking about, like, to my boy Chili? Scout, chili is an option. We can, do, we can do walking tacos. That is an option. There's, there's many. I started looking up, and I actually reached out to my cousin, who has his son Ryder, just recently went all the way through Cub Scouts. It was about to go into Boy Scouts until COVID, and so I asked him real quick on the phone, "Hey, what, what's the camping meal that sticks out to you guys? Like, what's the? This is what I like to do." And immediately, Ryder was like, "Dutch oven pizza." What? Yep. Dutch oven pizza. Yep. <laughs> and they said that. <laughs> One of the times they did it, it went horribly wrong, but was still delicious. And Ryder <laughs> described it as pizza soup. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful! Like uh, the dumplings because of the dough. I don't. I don't know. I think like maybe too much sauce. My my cousin. There's not too much sauce. No, that they put in too much sauce, that made it go wrong. I while we're on the topic of pizza and too much sauce, I do have to like stop and give a special thanks to the guys of Ten Tenths Podcast for introducing me to deep dish, like actual deep dish. Oh yeah, pizza. yeah, that was an... that was my jam. That was an indie two years ago. Yeah, and I would eat that like any time. That was that really. Was great. That and was I've actually... never found like an appropriate version of it here. If I remember correctly, that was a pizza chain that is from Chicago. Yeah, it was delicious. And I should have brought back like five frozen <laughs> pizzas to have later because I've yeah. I've wanted a deep dish pizza a few times and like I don't know where the hell I'm gonna get one in Austin. But. Right. Well yeah and and having me being a person from Chicago, I've had plenty of deep dish pizzas. And that deep dish those deep deep dish pizzas were pretty good. I'll give them credit. I enjoyed them very much. I agree with you. Yeah, I remember looking at them in their like freezer that they had like in the main area. Right. For people to like just grab and go yeah. and thinking like, "Oh, cool, they've got a bunch of cheesecakes here." And <laughs> then it, I was informed <laughs> like, "No, India, that's not a cheesecake. That's a pizza." <laughs> that's and a normally meat cake. that would make me really upset cuz like cheesecake's awesome, but I was right. like, "Oh, was way okay. You signed me up." So wait, I have a question now about <laughs> campsite cooking. Like okay. you and Evan were super gung-ho about your cast iron cookware. Yes. So is everything that we cook with, like, does it have to be in cat? Like, do we just need to get a bunch of Dutch ovens and like be prepared that way? Like, what no, do we do? It, like, that's just like cast irons, like super traditional and rugged. And like- I just figured anything on a skewer was fair game. Yeah. And like- Cast iron's great for camping if you're not hauling it because it's iron and it's crazy heavy. So but, drive up camping, it's ideal. Yeah. It's uh like I'm I've been looking at a lot of because like I said earlier, I'm I'm looking back at old Boy Scout recipes and all the ones that I keep seeing are saying like all Dutch oven recipes use a twelve inch Dutch oven. And so I'm like, cool. I don't think I have one of those. My What do you have? My Dutch oven's a lot bigger because the one that I that I've recently gotten in the last eight years, yeah, eight years ago was for doing Cajun cooking for a lot more people, so it's way bigger. So, but that's in storage too. So, 
do I need to, is that what you're telling, like, is that where this is going that I need to go buy a Dutch oven before we go camping? If you guys, if you want to have, having that kind of thing in your kitchen isn't a bad idea. Okay. Uh, Houston is coming back from Dallas tomorrow. I can ask him to stop at Bucky's and see if they've got one. Oh. Well, I was looking at Academy and their, their 12 inch Dutch ovens are like 30 bucks. Oh, that's like nothing. Yeah. So like. Do they do curbside pickup? Yeah, they do. Okay. So, we'll uh, get one. So if we want to do any Boy Scout recipes, they use a 12-inch Dutch oven. And off the top of my head, it sounds small. I'd have to go look at it. But then, then again, the last time I did, I did Boy Scout recipes, I was like 12 or 13. Okay. So, but I do. But we cooked for several people on our camping trip. So I don't. It's been so long because I did Boy Scouts and then I did dumbass teenager camping and like is we that were just sanctioned dumbass teenager camping. Yeah, we would just show up with like there's <laughs> so there's this pizza chain around Chicago called Bocce's. OK, and it was one of those places that like sold pizza by the slice. It would be like it, it was like, I think when I first was of age to get pizza from there, it was like three or three twenty five a slice. And then eventually it became like three fifty, but it was like New York style where like a slice was a meal, but you could just get the whole pizza if you wanted to. It was massive, okay. <laughs> um, like lean it through a doorway, big. So like I remember as like being like seventeen or eighteen, going on some really like spur of the moment, like it's Friday at four p.m. and I'm hanging out with my friends and we're just like, we should go camping. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, you go get the gear. You go get the pizza, and like, Ooh, that sounds good. I yeah. would do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> we show up in like Kankakee four hours later, and <laughs> we we really don't have a whole lot of supplies, but we have tents and we have massive. You know, I don't even remember like if it was like thirty or forty dollars for this pizza, but it was massive, and it was enough to feed us for more than two meals. That was that. Where was did a, you store it? We just left it out. <laughs> I'm looking at India's shocked face, <laughs> like horrified, thinking back to all the restaurant safety courses I had. to Oh, take. I know, right? Yeah. Well, that that I've I've talked to people from um, parts of the country that like that's normal. You leave pizza out overnight. I don't normally. I mean, I guess to be fair, like my mom did that when we were growing up yeah. and they they still do it. But I think since Houston and I are both missing parts of our uh, digestive, yes. <laughs> digestive tracts, I think I'm we're like, gonna be extra careful. So we're definitely bringing it. extra coolers so we can make yeah. sure to keep things fresh. <laughs> That's what Jake and Sarah can bring. They can bring some coolers. Yeah. Or maybe Houston can borrow like, no. Yeah, he can borrow oh, like the Yeti cooler from his great. boss. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. If I don't have to bring any coolers, that would make my life way easier. We can do that. So looking at the stuff, the one of the things that really, that I loved doing when I was a kid in Boy Scouts was making Dutch oven cobbler. Sold. Nope. You had me at cobbler. <laughs> we don't need to go any further. That okay. is my so favorite So I had to find thing. the recipe. So we need to we get We had like... it at our rehearsal dinner because I couldn't have it at the wedding. And oh. I was like, cool, we have to have cobbler at the rehearsal dinner. And it's my favorite. So, so we need to, done. So we need to get like two Dutch ovens in is what you're Great. saying. Great. I will buy all the Dutch ovens you want if cobbler okay. is on the table. 
I have to try and find an old recipe for it. Sold. Uh, I have some cobbler recipes. I could do that. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. To yeah, do. it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing it. The only issue is how do we do, we can't do ice cream because we can't keep anything frozen. Unless we like got like just a pint of vanilla and like kept it packed, packed, packed in ice. And, yeah, like, we could. Disposed of all of it, essentially. We could try doing that. But yeah, you had me a cobbler. That's yeah. the magic word. It's a uh, hot dog, <laughs> s'mores, and cobbler. So. Okay. Sold. So I tried looking up. I tried looking up like camping recipes, and bruh, I came across some some pretty silly and ambitious recipes. I'm not an ambitious right. cook I'm anyway. Either. Nor am I an ambitious camper. So like. One of them is chickpea curry. That sounds complicated. Oh, but one that really stood out, sausage breakfast sandwiches. I think that would be great. Houston would be super down. Right? And like that, the only thing I'm not, oh, it looks like they use English muffins. Never mind. I thought it was going to be biscuits. And I was like, oh, how do you do that? You could do, I guess you could do biscuits in a Dutch oven, but. Yeah, I don't think it'd be consistent or not. One of the it things that know. you guys had asked about was doing MREs, and I... <laughs> Houston asked about. You know, Houston comes from a military family, yep. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I tried looking into it, and it's like crazy expensive to get, to get a case of MREs. Polite so, pass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't need I a like, case it's not of worth them it. anyway. Because like I know some good MRE recipes, and I'm like, I know how to really spice them up, but uh, not for like seventy, ninety dollars a case. No. I would rather spend that on like a gigantic pizza, frankly. For real, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should, you know, <laughs> if we're doing <laughs> if we're doing pull-in camping, we might as well just go all out on like being trash, <laughs> and just <laughs> and just show up with <laughs> with 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 already cooked pizza. No, no, no. We you- should do like. I would be fine eating like beanie weenies out of the can. Okay. You know, I well, just we feel like we should do some sort of like campy thing. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna have dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, maybe lunch. I think Sarah and I can bring you guys breakfast on Ooh, Sunday. Tacos from that one place. We can we can bring you tacos. Yeah. What's that one place? Taco uh, Deli. Taco Deli, y'all. If you're in Austin or Dallas, that's a place. Let me tell you. And there's tons of them. Oh, I love that place. Well, in Dallas, it's a hassle. Austin, it was easy. Dallas, you have to find, like, there's one taco deli, but a lot of the coffee shops in town carry their tacos. Right. They're great tacos. That stupid coffee shop would would run out at, like, 9 a.m., well, yeah, they don't want to like overbuy their tacos. They always run out. Inventory. They That's always the run out. They should get more. Yeah, no, they do it wrong. <laughs> well, I'm really excited for our camping food. I think that's going to be super fun. But you had on the outline a grocery store. Car oh, compliment? yeah. So what well, is that? <laughs> what does that mean? So the last time I talked about it, you were like, "Oh, that's really cute. You should talk about them more." I was at the grocery store a few weeks ago after I came back from visiting you guys. I was coming back to my car with my groceries and uh, there was these older ladies who were loading up their car next to me. And one of them was like, do you, do you race that car? And I was like, yes, ma'am. No, I do. You were in the Versa. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, wow, that's really neat. <laughs> so it was just, uh, 
it was just, it's really funny because like I just I, I, I the more that I drive that car, the more I just run into people that are like, "What's going on with that verse?" Like people stop me in traffic, and we'll, <laughs> and we'll just be like, "Hey, um, what's, let's talk about this." Yeah, like people will be like, "We'll be I'll be at a light or like a a, a red light or something," and people will just be like, "Hey, man, do you race that?" And it's like, "Yeah, I do," and because like I have the the cage that that's probably the biggest tell. You yeah, know. that's the. I mean, it's the decals, right? That it's it's the cage. Yeah, too. well, I've stripped a lot of the decals off, so like that's kind of they're still there. That's kinda, I can still see the shadow of the ten ten yeah. logo. How that's kind of hit or you? miss. I removed a bunch of them. Um, I'm an independent now, so I have no affiliations <laughs> on my car. I think the ten tens need to, needs to go back up. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. the, my cousin does decals. I could ask her to print up some for me. But yeah, when they see like the the half cage in there, they're like, "That's different." Or they see the I keep my um my comp tires in the back uh, to switch out. That's brave. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. They don't get stolen. Most people in Louisiana don't, don't know what they are, so they don't want to try and steal them. But when when people that are kind of in the know, they see it and they're like, "Wait a second. That looks like a drag. He's got drag gear on there, but it's a Versa. <laughs> What's going on? And the wheels start turning. They just have to ask. It's just fun. That's funny. And I think it really speaks to how like inaccessible the culture has been for so long that oh, like yeah. people don't think that they can drive almost anything competitively, yeah. but like you can. And well, this is a very, this is now a very accessible hobby yep. and path for people. So yeah, especially for like, autocross or even rallycross and even like track events now i mean shoot like you go to a grid life event and there's there's all kinds of stuff that's there so oh uh, yeah i mean every everything shows up at track events now it's not just for like i grew up going to like ferrari club events with my dad and so like if you didn't have a ferrari you weren't on track but like you know it's it's not like that anymore. Were those, like it can be. Were those PCA events at the Ferrari Club? No. Oh, it was Ferrari Club. Okay. Yeah, this was so. This was uh Ferrari Club in like the nineties, like okay. the mid late nineties and early two thousands. Gotcha. And they would do stuff at Road Atlanta all the time, and then we would go to like the national meet when it was around. But like Bill and I were like track kids. Yeah. For, <laughs> for forever, and he was much more like in depth into it and like you know i was a girl and i was a very girly girl so i kind of got like lost in the whole like well you know the girls are gonna go shopping we're gonna go to roebling road so we'll see you later but like and not intentionally like i don't think anybody was trying to like be a jerk about it but yeah we were just always around it and like hanging out and absorbing everything so like bill and i rode around in our buddies my dad's friends f40 for a while and like that's how my dad got to know Jim Downing and like okay. how we got the story about Road Atlanta being formed by tractors and Jim Downing. So okay. like, that's cool. Yeah. And so it was really kind of cool. And like, I kind of missed a lot of the context for uh, some of the friends that my parents had for a while, just cause like, you know, Hey, that's, that's just Jim hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we missed some of that stuff cause they were just buddies, but um 
but it was kind of cool to just like kind of be in that world for a little while too but it's not like that anymore i think or it can be if you really want it to be but you know you don't need a ferrari to drive on track you don't need a ferrari to be competitive definitely you don't need a porsche to be competitive right there are definitely still exclusive clubs out there yeah and like that's fine if that's what you want but i think our generation accessibility is such a huge factor that like that's what we look for and so like it like it's kind of my go-to like oh i I need a fun fact about myself like okay i used to raise cars and then people get it in their head that like i had a fire suit and stuff and it's like no 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 like (laughs) it wasn't that that crazy you don't need that (laughs) Uh, it was in my miata that i drove every day like it's fine speaking of fire suits Shout out to the guy who handled contingencies for Momo three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because you're a fire suit? Yeah. So do you know the story behind that? Your fire suit? No, about about contingencies for Momo that year. Yeah, because I worked on that deal. Right. But you, I don't think you know the whole story because I got a story. I had to go to multiple sort like I, this is from multiple sources outside of your bubble. <laughs> oh, Okay. This, uh, maybe you know it, maybe, I don't know. So, three, four years ago in America. In America. Mo- yeah, well, because Momo's international. Mm-hmm. So, in the American market, Momo started doing crazy contingencies. It was just throwing stuff out left and right. And I think a lot of us thought that it was just within one organization. But, like, <laughs> I started talking to a bunch of people from other organizations, and it was everywhere. And it was like, what is going on with this? Okay, because, like, I was running the Midwest Division time trial series, and one of the guys went to, like, PRI or SEMA or something and was like, hey, um, I'm representing a division time trial series that's brand new. Would you like to throw prizes at this? And the guy's like, yeah, cool. I'll do that. How many classes <laughs> yeah. you got? And they're like, oh, we got like six of them. Cool. I'll throw you guys a, a driver suit for each class. And they're like, whoa, okay, cool. So that was the um, the Midwest Division prize for winning the class for the season was a Momo driver suit, which retails at like $1,400, mm-hmm. which is insane for a division series. And then I was talking to other people and they're like, oh, yeah, they're throwing us all kinds of stuff. And that was the time that for the national championships, they gave away the um, pole position award, mm-hmm. which was that the really, wheel, yeah. which was that really nice, fancy Italian stitch steering wheel as a trophy. Yeah. Like that was crazy. And the story that, that I was got, a fun deal to talk through. That was cool. What's that? That was a fun deal to. Talk oh, yeah. That's like, like that's and I'm not my... trying to like I didn't have the lead in that conversation. I just. I just got to be there for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, you know, assist in the conversation. But yeah, that was a really fun thing. And he was really excited to uh, support American racing. So, right. That was one of my favorite trophies that I've ever seen. Short of Grid Life for Midwest Festival last year had custom made shift knobs. Mm-hmm. And like, they were put onto like these custom shifter assemblies that were trophies. Uh, which was really cool. So like those two really stood out. But so the Momo deal was that like apparently this guy was retiring <laughs> and this was like his swan song. And he's just like, I'm going to prove everything this year. Anybody That's that comes an to me. excellent swan song. Yeah. Anybody that comes to me that asks for anything. Yes. They get it. And like 
it, it, I guess it caused a bit of chaos the year after. Well, because everybody started claiming all their prizes. But <laughs> that was one of the ones that like really stood out to me. That was like, this guy is the coolest guy ever on his way out. Instead of just being like, I'm just going to cash out and I'm rolling out. I'm, I'm checked out on my last year. I don't care. Whatever. Screw it. This guy was like, yes. <laughs> yes to everything. Yes. Yeah. You want what? Yeah, why not? You should ask for more because I'll say yes. <laughs> That's the kind of life I, I want to live, I think, is the, the life where you just like make dreams come true all day. Yeah. <laughs> for a, like a first year division series to get out of driver's suits was absurd. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm so glad that I won one. And that's my low-key way of saying that I am a division champion. What, what? <laughs> With a Nissan Versa. Um, Amazing. We have somehow gotten so far off the You're rails You're not my real though. mom. Okay. Um. <laughs> what do you even say to that? Like, no, I'm not. You're right. <laughs> so off the grocery store can <laughs> compliment. I was looking at different information about camping, and one of the things that first popped up was a listicle of 10 tips for getting your best night's sleep in a tent and i thought that can that, you say yes ma'am and i thought that that was like this shouldn't this must be good information for you because you've not done tent camping well yeah and i'm an insomniac so by all means tell me the secret to a good night's sleep okay so number she one said sarcastically <sighs> Number one, invest in good gear. Obvi. Obvi. Okay. I mean, gosh. You should invest in your camping gear as you would hotel rooms. Hmm. That's their takeaway. That's their hot take. What do they say to people who are married to an a Marriott employee and get significant discounts on hotel rooms? Uh, they say down sleeping bags offer the best <laughs> warmth to weight ratio. That's what they say. That's fair. Ducks are very warm. Mm -hmm. Number two, don't sleep too tight. Okay. Do you know what that means? Um, When it's cold, don't just layer up with every layer of clothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want some boom, room to move around in exactly. your sleeping bag? Yeah, you got this. So this is actually one of Because I'm those... looking at the article. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to do that. Stop you it. You put the link in the outline. For what me. am I supposed to I do? I put it in for me, not you, oh, you silly okay. goose. Exit out of there, you goof. Okay. Yeah, So sure. Click, click. <laughs> you're still looking, aren't you? Yeah. You're the worst. The The thing behind this is that insulation layers need a certain bit of space between them to actually retain the heat in them. So hmm. if you layer things up too much or things are too tight one after another, they don't actually keep you warm they'll actually rob you of warmth and like back in the day science yeah back in the day people have died from too many layers oh that got dark really yeah fast. yeah when i was in the marine corps in our sleeping systems they're like strip down get down to your basic layers don't wear anything else and like it worked because the sleeping system would do a really good job hmm. yeah all right okay Number number three, don't go to bed cold. Well, yeah. That's uh. So they're saying um, you know, do some jumping jacks or some other jazz, because your sleeping bag is an insulator, so it's gonna capture heat. Number four, repurpose your water bottle. Hmm. Um, and this one is talking about 
filling up your water bottle with hot water and putting it in your sleeping bag. I've never done that because, like, it's going to dissipate within a few hours. I just want to say I don't want to sleep anywhere that I need this kind of intervention. Yeah, for real. If that's the the saving grace, then you're in bad shape. If that's what I need to be okay sleeping, I don't want it. Number five is locate your toilet. Okay. So what they're saying is that if you wake up in the middle of the night and you got to go, you want to know where you need to go. Yeah. And you don't want it to be 200 yards away, right? Right. Yeah. So like in this case, like guys kind of have it easier because like Hmm. when- Shocker. No, I'm not going to- Look, I'm going to I'm going to preempt our our adventure. I'm peeing in the tree line. Good for you. I'm glad you can do that. And look, if you want to go do that, I'm not going to object. I I think uh, look, let's just establish this right now. A man you relieving himself on the tree line is in a much less vulnerable position yes. than a woman who has to drop trowel along that same tree line. We we'll we would keep a lookout for you. I don't think I want you because look, look, I've been, in, I look, I've been so. <laughs> there's been at least, <laughs> there's been at least <laughs> one instance when we were doing like platoon piece uh, PT, mm-hmm. and we were on like these trail runs, and all of a sudden I had to go, and not number onesie, number twosie, and so I had to live the same experience in the middle of the woods. Oh my God, John, now you know what it's like to be a woman yeah. in the woods. But here's the thing is that they make they make devices. Sarcasm. They make devices to where women can pee standing up. And it is something that they use while backpacking. And so Number I six. To, uh stay up late or as late as possible. Okay. Uh so they're saying don't try to force yourself into Going to sleep? I'm okay. Right <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. They're just you? saying. Is that is that like they're a? Just, they're just you, saying they want you to be good and tired before you go to bed. Yeah. Or? They're just saying don't don't try to go to bed early if you're not tuckered out. That's it. Hmm. Ooh, here's a good one. Number seven. Podcast your way to sleep. Amazing. Ooh. Yes. And, you know and what, what better way to do so than with a camping? Or loosely camping related podcast. Yeah, I wonder if there's any of those out there. Maybe I like, wonder. I wonder if there's any out there that you know have their tenth episode airing right now. Yeah, crazy. Hmm. But yeah, so that's number seven. Okay. Number eight. Don't forget earplugs. Ooh, no, hard pass. You don't want earplugs? No. If Why there's not? something coming to kill me, I want to hear it coming. No, that's Houston's responsibility. No, no, he <laughs> sleeps like a brick. He will yeah. not be helpful at all. The few times that we've had like a disturbance in the middle of the night, you know who doesn't wake up for those? Houston. Hmm. What a bum. Yeah. Like I'll like shake him awake, and he's like, "I think it's fine." And then I'm the one grabbing the baseball bat and walking into the hallway. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, and I'm sure he'd be very capable in a fight, but he is not the one that wakes up in the middle of the night for these occasions. (laughs) Okay, so number nine, beat the midnight munchies. Ooh. Because you've been active all day, your metabolism is likely to be in overdrive. Cool. And that can mean you wake up in the middle of the night desperate for a midnight snack. So keep some trail mix or a power bar close by. 
Awesome. But then they also say, note, check the local rules on where to store food if you're camping in areas with bears or other large wildlife present. Come it's like on, y'all. Simultaneously helpful and not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you know what's really going to wake you up? When you get the munchies and you reach for your power bar, but so does the bear. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Huh. All right. Number 10. Number what is it? 10. Open those vents. Hmm. Will you get uh, cold? No. So you won't go cold with a little breeze. And I really agree with this. You want to like let the vents open at least a little bit, even if it's cold, to let the er- uh, air circulate, and you minimize the chance of condensation building up. Hmm. So it doesn't get all steamy. True. Yep. Cool. So that's your 10 tips for getting your best night's sleep in a tent. Amazing. Yep. Have snacks, but also don't have snacks. Yeah. Exactly. Because bears. Yep. Well, I'm glad you did that one because that I feel like that leads really nicely into my segment. Uh-huh. Now that we've talked about how to get a good night's sleep, I'm going to make that impossible for <gasps> you. I'm scared. Yeah. So, uh, it's spooky season, y'all. Oh, it no, is October first as we are recording this podcast. So, um, yeah, it's the start of spooky season. Uh-huh. And after we talked about um, spooky camping movies in our last episode, I just kind of thought it would be a fun theme to keep going for the season. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, a little spookiness. So, do I look I- at the link? Yeah, if you want to look at the link, look at the link. So basically, when I did a search for like scary camping stories, but not like the fictitious kind, um, it brought me a bunch of listicles that had people's experience. And what is so amazing about this list, the listicles that I found is all of them source their material from an Ask Reddit thread from like a couple years ago. (laughs) And this is on bustle.com. Yeah, so this is the this is the summary that Bustle did, but I okay. also looked at like uh, I forget what the website was called, but it was like a scary story or like paranormal or something kind of website, and it had like a lot of overlap with this summary. So okay, but I went through it and picked out what I thought were some of the best spooky stories. Okay. So the question on Reddit. In the original thread was campers of Reddit, what is the most paranormal event that has happened to you while you were camping from the user Grey Dust? And it was marked serious. So, you know, people are supposed to to take it seriously. But people responded with all of their spooky camping stories. And what I think is really funny is that this article is, t- is titled 50 Creeping Camping Stories from Reddit That Will Make You Never Want to Step Foot Outside Again. <laughs> So totally you know, prepping for our trip next week. Really Sweet. Nicely. Okay, so jumping right in, I think I'm not going to like read all the stories to you guys verbatim because I think that would take a little while. But yeah. I'll, I'll read segments or I'll paraphrase a lot. Um, so first one, a few years ago, I was camping in the Everglades in Florida with a few friends. We'd all gone to our separate tents and we're starting to fall asleep. The area was pretty noisy with bugs, crickets, birds, etc. as... Any swamps are. John, I'm sure you can relate. The swamp. Um, yeah. I heard this very low bright vibration sounding almost like a low roar. It was powerful enough to vibrate my chest. Suddenly, everything in the forest shut up. No bugs, no birds, nothing. 
About 30 seconds later, my phone vibrates and it's my friend in the other tent texting me asking me if I heard if I heard the same thing. The four of us kept texting each other, wondering what it was. About 10 minutes later, all the animals slowly started to make noise again, and I slept with my machete at arm's reach. This is full of shit. <laughs> if you're, well, this is going to be a really fun segment then, if you're just <laughs> going to say that after every story. If you're, if you're camping and you're in tents next to each other, like... There's no soundproofing between you guys. I would just be like, yo, did you hear that? And like, if other people heard it, then they'd be like, yes. I don't know. I feel like if there's, if I think there's some sort of like funniness going on outside, I'm probably not going to like make my existence known. Nope. New rule, India. If you think you're in danger, yell, (laughs) John, help. I don't know. If don't there's a the serial killer, I feel like you. that is the fastest way to getting the serial killer to stab you first. No. Being quiet is how you get stabbed first. I don't know. I just, I think there's something really ominous about suddenly nature is silent. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> that would, that would freak me out you should talk bit. about it. Okay. Um, this one is probably, I know you're going to roll your eyes at this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> this happened to me when I was little. <laughs> I went camping with my older brother and my mom. I was about seven or eight, and I went to bed around 10 in a sleeping bag inside my tent with both my mom and brother. Sometime during the night, I don't know when, I woke up somewhere in the middle of the woods, still in my sleeping bag. I had no idea where I was or where my tent was. I screamed for my mom, and I heard her calling back for me in panic, but she was easily 100 yards away or so. To this day, I have no idea how I ended up in the middle of the woods still inside my sleeping bag. Gives me chills. What? And it's it's kind of funny. In the responses, people are like, oh, I bet it was your brother playing a prank on you, which is such a big brother thing to do. Yeah. But it's still creepy. Like, even if, even if it is revealed later that it was all a prank, like, if somebody could successfully remove you from your tent still in your sleeping bag, several hundred yards away like that's creepy what's that um that movie with the girl that was in herbie Lindsay lohan yeah uh where the she, parent trap yeah that's a, that was the remake but the parent trap they put one of the parents out in the lake on the they put bed. the prospective stepmom yeah out in the lake that's yeah. pretty funny yeah i would do that Anyway, are we going to do that to Houston or, or? No, I would actually murder you. Um, I need him, so please wow, don't kill him. That's aggressive. <laughs> Jeez. Um. So this next one is a story from someone who went camping when they were like ten or eleven with her family. Um, and it was like one or two in the morning. She couldn't sleep, and the tent was really hot and uncomfortable. But while she was trying to go back to sleep, she heard this whimper, and she tried to ignore it. And, like, it was along a road, like, with a bunch of other campsites, which I assume is, like, we're going to experience yep. on our trip. Sounds um, similar. But the whimper got louder and then eventually turned into crying. And then she heard footsteps outside of her tent and, like, louder crying. And she said, it didn't go faint. It got louder and louder and louder. And it remained in the Spain- the same spot the entire time. And that's important because it indicates that she was looking at our tent site crying. Uh, I'm sorry. What kind of crying? Like a little girl crying. No, no, no. What what did they write? Oh, because you're reading it? Yeah. You told me to read along. If you want. The quote that John is referring to, it says, 
It indicates that she was looking at our tent site, fucking crying. There we go. So, okay, you feel better now? Yes, ma'am. Good for you. It gets worse, then it turned into a full-on scream for a few seconds, then cuts out. When she started screaming, my brother woke up. We both looked at each other to get all the pillows and like stuff our heads under them. I couldn't sleep at all that night. I'm just glad we left the next morning. Bruh. Um, what the hell? Screaming in general, <laughs> I think. Is <laughs> where like, were the parents? Where are the parents in this one? But <laughs> yeah. like, my mom was a light sleeper, so I think if if she heard a crying or something, she would have woken up. But. Yeah, as an adult, I'd be like, I would be one terrified. <laughs> yeah. But two, I'd be like, let me investigate at least a little bit. Yeah, let me find a weapon and go outside. Oh, yo, I'm gonna be packing, girl. Oh. Yeah, got got watch out for drop bears. Drop bears. <laughs> Bring on the drop bears. Look out, man. Uh, this is the one that I thought you and I would deeply relate to. Yeah, so I saw the title of this one, The Last yeah. Taco, and I went and looked at the draft to make sure that we're reading this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the title of this one is The Last Taco. Uh, and I just have to credit the user on this one because it's so funny. David G. Clark Jr. on Reddit. Thank you. Um, not exactly paranormal, but definitely pretty terrifying. Um, he talks about how he spends a lot of time camping like on the beach in Yosemite all over California. But he uh, went camping in uh, in the woods in like on a specific road that is notorious for fatal car accidents, squatters and abandoned homes, etc. And my first thought is why? But hey, to each their own. So Wait. Why would That's you, the first pair. Why yeah, why would you want to Yeah, I don't know. It it seems like you're not setting yourself up for success if you go somewhere that's already known for like people dying. So, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Bruh. But again, to each their own. Uh, so then he says, so we pitch a tent in a small clearing and plow through a taco 12 pack before we crash out, I don't which know what frankly that is. sounds like a great night. 12 tacos, John. Oh, it's literally tacos. Yeah, it's literally. OK, I thought it was like yeah. slang for some kind of beer. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. But I don't think I don't think the rest of the story makes sense if it's beer. This so. makes more sense that it's literally tacos. Okay. It's literally tacos. Okay, sorry. Uh, I fall asleep, no problem, and wake up to the sound of what seems like people arguing outside my tent. It is around 4.30 in the morning. I stand up slowly and peek out into the darkness and see a massive black mass move. Looking through the other tent windows, I see there's probably close to six or seven other giant black masses. Once my eyes adjust, I finally know exactly what the hell they are. They're fucking wild boar. Ooh. Yeah, which we totally have those in Texas, so get excited. Yeah. Um, which I would be terrified. Uh, I sat down in complete and utter silence for around 45 minutes while I hear those 500-pound animals scrambling around the tent so close I could hear them brushing the fabric. Eventually, they all left, and when the sun came up, I knew why they were there. We didn't eat the last fucking taco. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to say, your first mistake here is not finishing your taco 12 pack, because if you have 12 tacos, you should be eating all those tacos. This is... No taco left behind. This is Thank the best you. one. This, this... Yeah, so, no, they don't like, They don't get better than this one. I There's only like, get... I think one more left in, in this collection, but like, that is just one of the greatest stories. 
all of it until the last sentence is yeah. like whatever it's another bullshit story no and i honestly <laughs> like i'm not really, generally not afraid of animals in general which is probably a huge mistake yeah. but um, but wild boar uh, if I saw one of those, I my heart would stop, I think. Yeah, they can be kind of mean. I don't know if I would be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But I'd be like, oh God, this is going to suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last one I think is actually Wait, wait, genuinely... wait, time out, time out, time out. Isn't that how the the king of King's Landing died? So they say. He got hit by a wild boar. If you believe that he was really killed by just a wild boar. Isn't that what he says? He tells I his... have some oceanside property. Wait, 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 wait. I've only seen I've only seen Games of Thrones the show. Yeah. I've not read anything. He says that he's attacked by a wild boar. It is I feel and I'm sure someone out there will correct me cuz I feel like this fandom loves to do that. But I feel like it's pretty widely accepted that there was some funny business about his death. But the king, I can't remember his name, he says to his homeboy from the wolf people, Mm -hmm. I was stabbed by the tusk of a wild boar. Why would he, that's his homeboy. Why would he lie to him? I don't know. I think the last thing I really want to do is debate anything about Game of Thrones. So, Well, look, they changed the story. And they just write whatever they want to write the yeah. further along it goes. So I'm sure someone that's will write us a letter about one of you dozen will write a letter about this, I think. Dozens. And tell us why we're wrong. And dozens. What really Asterisk. happened. Asterisk. Anyway, the last ghost story yeah. I think is genuinely creepy. So <laughs> One summer, I helped the Boy Scout troop I was a part of uh, on a camping trip to the Antietam National Battlefield, which I got to say, you guys, if you want to take me camping, maybe don't start with a battlefield. (laughs) Like, I just generally feel like maybe a site of so much death and suffering is like not where I want to go like vacay. Uh 23,000 soldiers were killed, wounded or missing after 12 hours of combat. That's pretty yeah, crazy. I, I just don't want to hang out there. <laughs> uh, a number of other troops also came down for the weekend, and we had a weekend full of Civil War education reenactments and troops pranking other troops, which is good, clean American fun, I think. All the troops were camped along the Antietam Creek on the other side of Burnside's Bridge Road. So it was pretty easy for anyone to cross the road and walk onto the battlefield and go up to the bridge. Let's see. And he, this guy grew up outside of Gettysburg. So like the ghost stories about Civil War battles in Antietam didn't really bother him. And there's like enough like weird tales about Gettysburg that it just like he's... Pretty much desensitized to it. I didn't know that was a thing, but it makes sense. Ghost stories from a battlefield? Yeah, from Gettysburg. Oh, yeah. I think any anywhere that people are just slaughtered, I think um, you're going to get a lot of ghost stories there. Yeah. Yeah. 
so he continues, the second night we're there, the troops all hit the hay early due to the fact that they were t- made to march all day by an overzealous reenactor that checks out. Uh, I took a walk over to the bridge right after dinner and the sun was sinking slowly towards night. It was actually quite beautiful seeing the field in the creek. I walked up to the bridge and started to walk across it when I felt an excruciating sharp pain in my chest. I almost doubled over in pain and clenched my chest. I thought maybe I was having a heart attack, but both my arms were fine and free to move. I put both hands on the part of my chest that hurt and felt another sharp pain right below the top of my right shoulder, like the meaty part above your pecs, underneath your shoulder, and just in front of your underarm. That pain came and knocked me down where I almost cracked my head open on the stone bridge. I lay there, freaking out, and scrambled to my feet and booked it back to camp. I got back to camp and and had the other scoutmaster take a look at my chest, and I had two raised... Red lumps just under the skin so you could see you could see that were turning into blood blisters. He asked me what I was doing, and I told him that it just happened when I was walking around the battlefield. Not once had I thought about any haunting or anything. I just called it an evening and turned in. The next morning, after breakfast, the troops were scheduled to meet with a park official at Burnside's Bridge. Our troop and about four other ones stood on the battlefield facing towards the bridge where the park official was detailing the history of the battle. When he talked about the bridge, then I paid attention more. I found out that the Confederate sharpshooters took up positions on the other side of the creek and on the side where we were at, and, and on the other side where we were at was the Union. The Union soldiers were supposed to take the bridge and were, and were just picked off left and right on the bridge. Confederates lost somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 soldiers, and the Union lost over 15,000. No Union soldier ever made it past the halfway point of the bridge. At this point, my scoutmaster just looks at me, and I'm wondering what the hell happened the night before. Too long, didn't read, went to Antietam and felt ghost bullets shoot me. And I think that's a really creepy one. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I feel like having physical evidence of uh, something, like getting you like that, I think that's that's kind of a game changer. So super creepy and all the more reason to not camp at battle sites. Yeah, I agree. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought so too. Maybe I should have ended on the taco one because now it's like really creepy. The air is like super creepy. I'm so excited to go camping. I so will get there. That'll be a week from this episode, but we're we're currently what three episodes ahead? Two episodes ahead? Of, we're, I we have think a two so. episode lead time. Yeah, I think so. So, so like the one that we recorded last week will hit next week. No, the one we recorded two weeks ago. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, right. Yeah, yeah, So, we're a little behind, but it's well, fine. No, we're not it's behind. Fine. It's just we have a, we have a, we have a backlog. Right. That, that By we're, design. It's, it's safety. Because at some point. Cool, but we're going to get a big sack full of tacos and eat them all so the wild boar don't come for yes. us. Yes. And Love a giant pizza. It. Giant pizza. Nom, 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 nom. Sign me up. You good? I'm good. You ready to outro?
Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a great day. We did it. Eye of the tiger. <laughs>